welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Well, we have Charles Chandler with us this evening, and uh, you can find him and his team at MyTennesseeHomeSolution.com, and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, but uh, Charles and team have been doing this for a while here now. They've done over 100 properties, position of $3 million hotel in Chattanooga. That would probably has a story in itself. And then, uh, but more importantly is that this is a veteran founded and owned and operated company. And uh, I I understand you're still in the military full-time as well. Yeah, Jack, first, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy adding an additional job on top of an already pretty demanding W-2, but it's definitely inspired a lot of us to keep working hard. And yeah, it's been, it's been a good time. Well, we got to thank you for your service, of course. And and um, I, I'm always curious as to how you've added this to your busy schedule then. Like what what caused you to consider real estate investing? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with just different seasons of life that people find themselves in. And I think that for Jordan and I, we were able to meet and mesh together at a, at a perfect kind of synergy of time uh, where we were both in a course uh, together uh, that in the army and um, he kind of planted the seed in my mind about, you know, what, what was capable or available out there outside of just uh, things in the military. He was really a one man show, flipping houses, wholesaling, doing a ton of real estate, had a conversation with me over lunch. And then kind of ever since then, he put a challenge to me of just, just take action and and that he wanted to grow and scale as well. And he had, he had a vision and everything for his life. And an important thing to also remember in the military is that everyone will get out at some point in time. If you do 20 years and retire, if you do a little bit longer uh, and get out after that, but at some point that chapter is going to come to an end. Um, and it's important to have something that you're passionate about on the, on the backside and real estate and our company is, is where, where we found ourselves at. Sure. So how have you found this transition? Like, uh, is it, has it been a smooth one? Nothing's ever smooth. <laughs> Unfortunately, the good thing is that because we, we really just, focus so much on just having really good A-team players that are able to wear multiple hats, uh, able to pick up where anyone's kind of a little bit more bogged together. Um, I do have some a lot of really supportive friend group, both uh, internally with where I'm working at now and then also externally that are very also inspired and motivated and reach out, want to know more, uh, want to take advantage of time that they might have off uh, or just look for different adventures and different opportunities and growth. And that's really what a lot of it boils down to is very high performing, high achieving individuals uh, that just want to reach out to something that's uh, can, can provide more value, can be more mentally stimulating and challenging just um, and serving still, because we, we do still try to have an impact both to the veteran uh, side and then the, the local community as well. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned is that you got into this because your business partner is looking to scale without without adding a team behind you. That's probably a pretty tough uh, ordeal to do it on your own. So of course you're going to have to bring in some people. But 
those qualifications that you just rattled off that you're looking for, they're kind of unicorns. How do you find and build that type of team? Yeah, they definitely are. Definitely the best way that we've found, at least, is, is always going to be the personal network, um, personal referrals, personal testimonials, uh, because your close friends and people that want to see you succeed, they're going to definitely lead you in the right direction and connect you with the people that um, they would see as a good fit. Um, for us, what we've noticed is a big thing is what do you want to do and where do you want to be three to five years in your life? And then how can being part of our team and working with us, how can we you know, elevate you to that to get there uh, and really try and map that out with people? That, that's a very important first step that I think is often overlooked uh, where it could come off initially for most uh, you know, startup teams or smaller groups and even, even some larger companies just come kind of what can you do for me now in the moment uh, and where can I get you spotted to start generating and producing. But we kind of take it just a different approach. We just care about who we a very big, a great book, who, not how uh, we really kind of utilize that concept a lot, make sure we have the right people just on our team in the first place, and then we'll get them in the right seat based on their strengths and, uh, as long as that three and five year vision they have and that we're aligning with the same core values um, that that it works and really make sure that we're a good culture fit. It, it's not an easy thing. It does take um, some trial and error, definitely a lot of refinement. But um, one of the best things to do is just to constantly, constantly have an open line of communication and ask for that feedback. And if we do know it's not a good fit, it's, it's just more important too to uh, go ahead and part ways sooner rather than later, hoping that um, that it will work. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you're in that stage now where you're building a business too, instead of yeah. that, that being in that hustle and grind. So with that, I'm sure there's been a lot of processes and procedures and that might be thanks to your military. Are, is that what you've been implementing now that you've, you joined the company? Absolutely. Uh, it's something that's come a little bit more natural to us is the process and system side of things and putting that into execution. And so the steeper learning curve has been, okay, the, the business side, uh, really growing, scaling, and then having the industry information, knowledge, and, and staying ahead of the data, the shifts in, in, in the market and whatnot. And so that, that's been a, a big uh, focus point for us uh, overall is kind of where are we not as knowledgeable at, but because we had a proof of concept with doing a couple of our first deals, we were able to very quickly put systems and processes um, in place that that's that essentially helped us grow to where we're at now. So, you know, you, you, I understand you went to West Point, like what's some, what is some of the training that you've been able to apply, like direct apply to a real estate investing business? For us in particular, the way West Point's definitely helped us out is the network overall, uh, a lot of great mentors uh, and sounding boards that are out there that want to see us succeed and have trust and, and faith in, in what we're doing. And, and really a big part it is just revolves around trust. Uh, we, when you say you're going to do something, you do it and you, you, can, you can trust that individual. And that's been a big part. A lot, the, Some of us are virtually working uh, in this company as well, which uh, also has another heightened level of trust that's needed. Uh, there's not always direct oversight or face-to-face, but um, accountability is very strong because we have a lot of trust in each other based on our um, what we learned and what we went through and what was ingrained to us at the academy, uh, especially when uh, we did go for our first um, large multifamily 32-unit acquisition uh, that was heavily backed and, and helped with us from uh, some of the West Point network uh, that has been there, done that, uh, and was able to guide us and help us uh, along that route. 
No, that's that's really neat. It's it's kind of cool to have that type of network, and you know that's part of the name of the show is is the right. power of a, a network. It's it's just so important. So now that you've been doing this for a while, what type of lessons have you learned along the way? Like what what's been the biggest surprise over the past year and a half? I, I would say the initial getting everything off the ground. Um, and really that mindset of transitioning from hustle grind, we need leads, convert leads, how to market, which kind of funnels work, where to spend, allocate money, uh, how to even really get everything and, and moving along to where it's not one deal at a time that we're having to have all hands on deck to do and execute. How can we make this more of a repeatable and simultaneous and have uh, projects working in parallel with each other? Um, and that has really come from, you know, optimizing systems and processes, um, w- which again, I think that we really fall back on that as a strength, but that's not really executed or done well unless we, we have the right people on the team. So one of the biggest learning points has definitely been how to really properly manage people. That's a huge aspect to being in the military. Um, but now instead of, you know, you rank up, you're obviously in charge. Now we're in positions where, you know, how you how you communicate is definitely different. How we're helping each other achieve things that are just bigger and more than just um, overall revenue for for our company, but uh, really trying to like have better growth opportunities for everyone. So, really seeing how we can have impact on the people that are that are in the company and what we can provide to them and the difference and impacts we can make for other people has really been a very eye opening experience. It's really been more of a mindset shift and transition as I'm still even transitioning out of the military right now. Well, let's talk about some of your deals. Like uh, give us an example of, of a situation that kind of went bad and what, what you learned from it. Yeah, it would probably be uh, we were kind of chasing the shiny object, I would say. Uh, first getting started, we had a couple of flips uh, going simultaneously. Uh, we started to notice some of the iBuyers, such as Open Door, OfferPad, uh, coming in. Obviously, very huge competitors, especially in the, the greater Nashville market. And we kind of chased after a deal that maybe necessarily wasn't the smartest as far as staying within our, you know, our, our purchase price formula and, and kind of how we traditionally do things. And so we weren't able to get it at a, at, a, at a price that was favorable for us. And then on the back end, trying to sell the property, we did not, we didn't rehab it enough to where it would reach the sale point price that, that we were aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, we did thankfully still profit from the deal. Uh, but there was a lot of lessons learned as far as uh, sticking to what we know, uh, sticking to the process, uh, and not getting, not letting emotion get um, in the way as far as trying to win or beat out, um, you know, especially a institutionally backed company. So that 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 really helped refine um, I, again, just what, stick with what we know. And I would say outside of that, there's been when you're first starting and you see success. And then you want to start building more bridges and building and having more opportunities. A lot of things will come come to you, uh, either you know organically in thought or be presented to you. And so, learning to say no uh, has, has been a has been another challenge because uh, so many things look great, so many assets are awesome. We all love real estate, and there's so many ways to really grow and, and um, you know feed that lifestyle that you're looking for, especially for us as you know a young team, uh, but learning how to say no uh, appropriately has been another big, a uh, big challenge for us. Yeah. That's uh, saying no is harder than you would think, isn't it? Yeah. Cause I want I'll take a self storage unit. Sure. Let's go buy a mobile home park. <laughs> yeah. We'll wholesale 
that and we'll go buy this complex, but I will start building a, a duplex right here on this lot. It, it, it's a lot, but, um, you know, if you don't have the systems, you don't have those right people in place. If you don't have, um, just the basic fundamental knowledge and, and, and backing too, as far as, um, people to resource to and bounce ideas off of, and, uh, that can provide you really good feedback and, and honest, you know, assessment of, is this a good idea? Is that the right thing? Um, mm-hmm. Even with hiring, uh, I would say it is another big uh, thing that we're having to, you know, how to, do we need, do we need to do a hire like this? What would our productivity per person be with a hire, with a new hire? Are we growing or not uh, with doing that? And I would say part of our Terry background, as far as wanting to, you know, work hard, get the results, take ownership uh, has allowed us to stay kind of a leaner team, uh, but still hit revenue goals and still work hard and uh, appreciate a lot of the, a lot of tasks that we could outsource, uh, but we don't see the necessity to uh, because it's still helping to stay lean and um, you know, manage a good cash reserve and uh, be able to, you know, extend if needed on a few more projects. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you say you're, you're finding the who, not the how. That's particularly interesting. Like, uh, so are you focused on making sure that once you do bring somebody on the team, you're you're putting them in the role that fits fits them, and you understand that there's going to be a runway there, or you're strictly trying to find that person right out of the shoot? We we definitely cater more and care and care more about the individual, like himself or herself what are they looking for? What, uh, what's their motivation? What's their why um, one in life, you know, where are they wanting to go? And then two, you know, why us, why, why our team, you know, what about us? What about growth and opportunities? Uh, and then we're able to really kind of dial them in into a certain role on the team uh, that fits really well. And then outlining a good 30, 60, 90, even 120 day plan, um, and our big focus too is really on on lead measures, uh, and I think a lot of people can get too wrapped up and focused in on, you know, a lag measure, which would, you know, what are what are you what are the results? You know, how many mm-hmm. contracts, how much revenue, how many deals closed, how many, you know, th- but those are things that are outside of that person's control, um, and so it's 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 not fair to a you know a new hire or someone coming in onto it into an organization a team that. Uh, you know, they had motivation and aspirations to join and then hold their feet to the fire on, on things that, that are, you know, they can't control. So we, we focus heavily on betting on certain lead measures that, that they do have control on. They can control how many phone calls or how many people they're able to network with, or how many events they can attend, um, you know, how many, what trainings and, and stuff like that, that they're able to do, you know, and we're betting on it that if we do those actions consistently and repeatedly, then those lag measures will, will show. Um, and so that's been a big uh, point of emphasis as well for us uh, as we bring on uh, a couple of new hires uh, somewhat recently. Um, again, focusing on who they are as a person, where they want to go, um, their levels of motivation, what, what gets them fired up. We, we use a lot of good resources that are out there as well. The Colby A index on how you kind of intrinsically act uh, Clifton strengths to really know what your top kind of natural strengths are. Uh, the Tony Robbins disc profile to really kind of dial in the personality type predictive index is another good. There, there are plenty of great asset resources, but as long as you know how to properly read those, 
uh, and apply them and then, you know, stick that person onto your team and then set them up for success. Cause you don't ever want to set someone up for failure, uh, obviously. Uh, but it, but it's important to know how, like, what does setting someone up for success actually mean and how do you define that? And so that's a big point for us. Sure. Well, just a reminder for everybody, head over to mytennesseehomesolution.com and learn a little bit more about what Charles and his team are doing. But earlier you, you talked about um, making sure you know you learned your lesson and you, to stick to your underwriting guidelines. What have you been doing different now in our current economic situation? Is it changing in your neck of the woods too? It's, uh, it is ever changing. I will say that. Um, an important thing, um, especially just rule of thumb in, in real estate investing as well, because with any investment, there's obviously risk, uh, but we always make sure that we, that we do have um, at least two exit strategies out of a property. And so that's with obviously current conditions that are going on, tightening of inventory. Um, a lot of individuals, if they're wanting to sell their house, where are they going to go next? We, we've been two key, two key things that we've been focused on is one, how can we best help people? Because that's at the end of the day, that's all we're looking to do is help people. Uh, how are we able to help them get from one situation and then set them up for success in the next? Uh, and then also, um, as far as exit strategies go from on the business side, if we're unable to fl- sell the property, once we get it rehabbed and put it back on the market, just in case we want to make sure that it, it would at least cash flow if we, if we rented it out uh, and mm-hmm. needed to refinance and, and take it out of uh, hard money and put it on a conventional note. Uh, which again, I think is a very important thing for people to always do in their underwriting is is take those considerations in, into account because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but it's always important just to always want to sleep soundly at night and not really have a, have a worry. Sure. Is that, uh, do you primarily use hard money with that initial acquisition? Are you trying to do like a burr type strategy there? On the initial acquisition, uh, we'll, we'll use hard money. Um, we are looking to bring on additional investors that would like to do private money. Again, we're not only we're looking to help people on, on the seller side, but especially on the investor side, we'll provide opportunity for, for individuals looking to grow their own money uh, and investing in us as primarily as a, as a team in our process. But yeah, if, if needed, we'll, if we're on the resale part, it has not happened yet, but it's always just a strong plan that we have in place that we would refinance and essentially burr. But we do try to offload the single family uh, so that we can generate more cash so that we can uh, execute and uh, acquire more of the, the larger multifamily properties. Sure. That was an important lesson to, to pull out of what you were just saying there, though, is, is when you're in the acquisition, part of your underwriting is identifying at least two exit strategies. I think a lot more people need to do that. So what are you doing right now for your marketing? What are you do? How are you finding these properties? Well, given that we are, you know, time strapped, you know, as most people just generally are in life, but I think our team suffers from that um, a good bit with the military and whatnot. We do, we do have a few people that are full time and we do have an office in Nashville as well, but we, we do all inbound marketing, you know, it's a good initial screen. Uh, there's obviously some level of motivation or some burden or, um, you know, X thing that's going on to where they're reaching out to us. Uh, so TV has been a, a, a recent addition for us. So you'll see Nick and Jay on, on your local news station in middle Tennessee, which is nice. Uh, and then Facebook ads, Google pay-per-click. Uh, and then we have uh, our website with a, with a great team that 
uh, backsat with uh, search engine optimization. And, th- and those are our primary things. And then uh, we've been really trying to focus in on just developing as many relationships, touch points with people that are, uh, you know, been in the industry, been in the area for a long time and learning from them. And so a lot of relationship building uh, and uh, teaming up on deals in that way as well has been um, a recent surge for us. So th- those, are bit, those are our primary marketing channels. Right. You know, we keep coming back to the networking aspect of this, but, uh, you know, something that struck me and that I was going to bring up earlier and I kind of got sidetracked is the, the, you, you talked about being in that, in your niche and kind of your wheelhouse when it comes to the, the investment strategies and, and kind of being distracted by that shiny object syndrome. And I think a lot of us kind of fall into that. I mean, especially when you're first starting out, you just don't want to, that fear of missing out. But I think there's a, there's a bigger aspect there as you're building your network. I have found that it's way more beneficial for me in the long run to contact somebody in my network that does specialize in that type of investment, hand off that lead to them and let them run with it. And uh, they will event, they will do that in return. I mean, everybody's happy. Absolutely. You know, if we get a vacant lot of land, I can't wait to to give it a specializes in new build construction and, and then and then we're just providing value to everyone there's right. plenty of deals out there to go around there's plenty of ways for in, individuals to just keep brick, building each other up and that's that is a great way of doing so it's just i don't specialize in this this will be a distraction for our team but i do know who is postured and capable of, of like doing a phenomenal job um and, it, and it, it, every single time it comes back tenfold sure well, TV advertising—that's a new one for me. Like, how has that been going for you? And and is it is there's this uh, assumption that it's expensive, but how is how is it working out? That assumption is a true statement, but it's <laughs> it is worth it is worth the the expense. I think it's extremely important with in the industry that we're in, uh, and with the decision that homeowners are making to sell a property, probably likely one of the biggest or only asset you need to trust and have credibility uh, and work with people that know what they're doing. And so we, we believe getting out there, uh, you know, on TV, get in front of people that are, are in you know, whatever kind of situation uh, and just being able to see our team, hear them talk, see their body language, just, just see them initially uh, we believe just adds that additional source of, of trust and comfort and security uh, and then when they call, they're talking to that person they just saw on TV. And then that person comes out and meets them and shakes their hand. Um, and, and we just care a lot more about building rapport with people, really trying to get down to what those pain points are and developing a plan, a, a good, flexible, workable plan with them, uh, which is definitely something way more than what uh, any um, iBuyer is doing. So, mm-hmm. Well, there, there's some, you just kind of alluded to it, but there is some power, I would imagine associated with being on television. I mean, there it's kind of like a baked in celebrity, if you will, and, and a, a little extra trust maybe because they saw you on TV. There's like, there's some sort of authority that television has over most people. Yeah, there, there definitely is. And, and even on the investor side as well, uh, just seeing what we're doing, seeing our name out there, seeing our brand, seeing us active in the community, obviously on, on different network stations, um, and it all, and all of our marketing too, um, ties back into each other. Usually they see us on TV, they'll go to our website, then they start seeing our Facebook ads, you know, uh, and then soon enough, we're, 
you know, hopefully you're on the phone with Jordan and I talking about our next uh, deal that we're putting together or on the phone with Nick and Jay, seeing how we can help them out in the next adventure. So uh, it definitely all builds on each other. So have you been doing it long enough now that you can measure the return on investment on that channel? We it's, It is a very recent um, lead funnel that we started uh, actually at the end of April, but we already have uh, two properties uh, under contract that we're looking to close on here uh, this month in May. Sure. Well, it sounds like it's working. Yeah. Time will tell, so, but we're looking good on it. You know, you're you're not the only one who's brought up the, there seems to be a trend over a lot of my guests over the past month or so as everybody, and maybe it's the market pressure, but everybody seems to be, there seems to be a transition out of the old standard and maybe it kind of seems to ebb and flow, but the direct mail, the cold calling more to the, you know, the PPC and the you're, you're doing TV ads. I had somebody on that focuses on radio not too long ago. It's, it's more of the people raising their hand type of approach versus everybody just cold calling and knocking on doors. Right. Absolutely. And I still think that there is, um, there's proof to concept still with cold calling, texting, you know, pretty, a lot of sources still do work, but uh, you know, at what cost to you, at what cost to, uh, your productivity. The, the other thing as well is, again, going back to, you know, taking care of our team, making sure everyone's motivated and feels good and feels empowered. Um, we don't want our acquisition guys, you know, going on roller coasters of emotions with, if they're calling someone, getting very negative feedback and then take a, take a call and it's someone that can't wait to see us. Um, so we just try to really eliminate um, those kind of like extreme highs and lows that, that um, more of those lows come from, you know, the outreach outbound uh, levels of marketing. And I think a lot of people, you know, that are doing it definitely understand what I'm talking about. Um, and it's just not something that, that we've just find that's conducive to, you know, to our team and within our culture, but the sources do work. Absolutely. Drive it for dollars is another great, great way. Just going out local neighborhoods, just seeing which houses, you know, look very distressed and run down and then trying to get in touch and, um, you know, make it look good, make that neighborhood look nicer, safer. So, um, there's definitely credibility to, to each source, depending on which way you want to go in your, in your budget. Sure. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I, once again, one more time, remind everybody over to head over to my Tennessee And Charles is on, I understand Charles is pretty active on a lot of the social networks as well. So you might want to check, check that out. I'll try to make sure to have all of those links in the show notes. So if you're in your podcasting app, Swipe right, and there they should be clickable links there for you. But Charles, before I let you go here tonight, uh, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here? I would say one of the, the biggest things is, is really just getting into you know a, a, an operating system that works. I, I said system and process a, a few times, uh, and I think a great way for people that are looking to get started, or if they already are starting and they might feel disorganized, uh, I think one is to get after a operating system that's been. Um, a huge in, in using that process. So um, highly recommend that. And it's been great for us. You know, uh, unfortunately, Charles, you cut out on some of those last thoughts. Would you mind repeating that? And then I'll, I'll fix it and edit. Yeah. For, uh, for us, uh, one of the biggest things that has helped us succeed right now has been the book traction by Gino Wickman. I was mentioning systems and processes a lot. And I think, you know, when people say that they don't dive a little, you know, deep into that. 
Um, it kind of just gets a little hand wave, but really following that to a T, um, you know, how we do our syncs, our meetings, expectations, our goals, our lead measures, lag measures, it's all very well written out in detail and, and resources provided. And so I, I can't speak highly or any, any more highly about that. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a great part to our success. No, that's a, that's a great, uh, tip there. And uh, I'll make sure to, I'll try to have a link for everybody in the show notes for that as well. And I think that's actually one of my book recommendations. So if you go to reimastermind.net, uh, and click on, uh, I think it's my locals link. If you head over there, you'll, you'll see my book recommendations, but Really appreciate it, Charles. You're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Absolutely. I really appreciate your time as well. Hopefully, you can provide some value to the listeners. And I welcome anyone to reach out and connect. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.